Before we start, let's talk about Talkspace. Don't fast forward this. I promise this could affect your life in a major way or somebody that you love. I think we're all dealing with stress right now, whether it's isolation, canceled summer plans, economic stress. We all have something on our minds and it's so important to talk it out. We're dealing with a lot of uncertainty right now. And talking helps plain and simple. You guys, Talkspace is an online therapy here to help you do just that. It matches you with a licensed therapist from the comfort of your own home. And it helps you get the support that you need or whatever schedule works for you. So you can talk to a therapist 24-7 from your phone or computer and hear back daily. You guys, Talkspace is so important to me because this podcast is all about happiness. And I know that if you are searching for something in your life, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling uncertain, I know that this could also help you or somebody that you love if you are feeling alone, if you're feeling isolated, and if you feel like you don't have your tribe yet and you just need some extra help. It's affordable. It's secure. And we all need to talk sometimes. So Talkspace gives us the support we deserve at a price we can afford. So... Match with your perfect therapist at Talkspace.com or download the app. Use promo code Lori, L-O-R-I in all caps to get $100 off your first month and help support the show. That's Talkspace.com, promo code L-O-R-I in all caps. If you are the extrovert that's funny and out there and dynamic in a social situation, but maybe not so good at like the day-to-day then figure out a way to, you know, have someone, you know, with you or on your team or an assistant that actually has that skill set. There's no point in hiring someone or working with someone that brings to the table what you do. That just creates a competitive nature within your, you know, unit that you don't need. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. So happy you are back for another episode. I always am so grateful for you guys tuning in, especially if you're cool with leaving me a review. You guys know that I always love that and I shout them out throughout some of the other podcasts. And on today's episode, I'm super excited because I have been a huge fan of this particular reality show that has been on TV for a long time. And that is Bravo's Million Dollar Listing LA. It's always so much fun to see the different places in Los Angeles where I live. And on the show today is Tracy Tudor. She is a top real estate agent at Douglas Elman Beverly Hills, consulting with some of the world's leading architects and developers. She is the first and only female cast member on this show, which is Bravo's Million Dollar Listing LA. It's the show's 12th season, and it's set to premiere in May 2020 and run until August 2020. And she lives in Los Angeles with her two amazing daughters. And I'm thrilled to have Tracy on because she also not only does so many different things, but she just wrote a book. You guys, this book is right up my alley. It is called Fear is Just a Four-Letter Word. It is all about not second-guessing yourself and how to develop the unstoppable confidence to own any room. So you guys, let's get started with the show. Tracy, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much for having me, Lori. I love like I love doing this stuff and particularly being in quarantine. I'm like, yes, I have an appointment. <laughs> you have an appointment. You can kind of see people. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like in the weird way we were just saying, it's it's kind of like a really good time to do like the the whole podcasting tour and yeah, you, yeah. It's, it's what you're doing. So here we are. So I'm I'm so excited because 
it's crazy. Your PR company reached out to me and they were like, Hey, Tracy Tudor has a new book out. And I was like, what? Like my husband and I have watched million dollar real estate since the day it started. So I have literally not missed an episode and I love that they brought a woman on. So I'm very like, I was like, hold on one minute. Who is that? This is, this is great. <laughs> so, so I was <laughs> super awesome. thrilled. Um, so excited because we live right in Santa Monica. So it's so much fun to like watch where you live, be on TV all the time. And yeah. then to watch like a powerhouse like yourself come in. It was Thank just, you. it's so fun. So, so uh, yeah, it, I, I mean, I, I love being on the show. It's been a blast. So I'm glad you're a fan. We're coming, we're going to be premiering soon, which is great. Thank God. Oh girl, I know. Cause it's quarantine and I'm watching like. I know. I have when so, is, so many when, fans that are like, are you kidding me? It got postponed. Well, like everyone out there, I mean, you know, you have to remember advertisers have to cut back on their costs and, and you yeah. know, everybody's struggling. So, you know, we're doing the best we can, but you know, now we're officially airing on June 16th at, at 10 PM, right after the Vanderpump Rules reunion. So, and then we'll be on 9 p.m. every Tuesday thereafter. Yeah, we can't wait. Um, <laughs> we're, we have our popcorn ready. Okay, so you have an amazing book coming out. Um, yes. It comes out in July, correct? Yeah, July 14th. It'll be in bookstores. And, you know, obviously you can find it and pre-order it now on Amazon or Penguin Random House. But um, it will be officially out on July 14th. Okay. So there, there's just a million questions for you because your book is based on fear and it's called fear is just a four letter world word, how to develop unstoppable confidence. And I can tell you, so I, I've, I've had a women's event for eight years. I've worked with multiple businesses, like just this pot, but between this podcast and the feedback and, you know, business masterminds that we do, the, the thing that we can always get to the root of is fear for people, not just women, right? But, but especially women, like it goes into so many different things of fear of being too much, fear of asking, fear from people pleasing, fear, like there's so much fear around taking the leap. So first of all, I want to kind of know, because if I could just like, you know, like take a little bit of your blood out of your system and just like pump it into people so they could get a little bit of your confidence. That would be amazing. But you put it in a book. So that's really good. So tell me, where did this come from? Like, where did you come out of the womb? Just like completely <laughs> confident or how did that work? No, I think, you know, I, I think obviously we're, we are who we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I definitely come from two very outspoken parents. My mom and my dad both have a pretty strong sense of self. So I was raised that way. So I think it's partially, um, you know, within you. And, and then I think it's your environment. And I think, you know, the best thing that you can do is sort of nurture that space if you're not getting it from outside influences yourself so that you can figure out how to become sort of fearless and confident. And that's why I wrote the book. I mean, truthfully, mm-hmm. I've been selling real estate for 20 years and I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And I think obviously fear was a big piece of that. So I want to be able to reach out to other women that are getting back into business or entering the world of business coming out of college and be able to talk to them about, you know, embracing that fear and owning it. And then also, um, you know, sharing my stories of massive failures along the way so that it doesn't take them 20 years to get where I am. Mm. So what would you say in the beginning when you first started getting into like stepping into your dream was something that really was either on repeat in your head or was holding you back? What were some of the things in the beginning that were major barriers for you that you really felt like were walls? I was raised around very... My my father was is a very strong figure in my life. He's mm-hmm. incredibly masculine. He's a beast. And, you know, he had a very strong person, has a very strong personality. I don't know why I keep talking about it in the past tense, but (laughs) so I was always in rooms with him and, you know, his ego is quite large. And I think I learned a little bit of my grit and my ability to deal with powerful personalities from him. Mm. You know, in addition to my mom, but that's sort of where it started for me. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, when he's busy and he's, you know, running a, you know, it was billion dollar corporation. He picks up the phone, but he answer it and say things like "what," and it's like <laughs> very off putting. And it's like I just had to learn how to deal with 
you know, that type of ego. And, you know, I think that that in most cases in successful environments and different industries across the board from real estate to finance, most of people in powerful positions have big egos and dominant personalities. So you have to know how to navigate that. Mm. That is huge. And I know that in in the beginning of just asking or starting to figure out what direction to go or putting yourself out there. Let's talk about that, putting yourself out there. So it's very easy. Like you could have taken the way that your father was or the way that you were treated in probably different situations. You probably could have taken things really personally. Or, um, you know, I had read uh, some of your wording was, it's so many women are getting thrown off by different things. And what does that look like to learn how to navigate that, to not get emotionally, like feel that emotional charge and have it take us down for a week at a time? Because you- well, that's, that's really the thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's how long it, it takes you mm-hmm. down. And I think it's obviously experience. You don't wake up and all of a sudden, like, you know, read the book or get mm-hmm. the tip and sort of intellectualize it and understand it. And then all of a sudden you shift gears and like, you're able to like get rid of it. It doesn't Mm -hmm. happen that way. It really is a practice. And like anything, you know, practice makes perfect. So in my opinion, when you, when you're, you know, presented with those kind of situations where you're either humiliated by a colleague or you're in a listing appointment or an interview, or you're up for a, a job promotion and you feel yourself out of control, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're, you know, being attacked or verbally taken advantage of, those are the moments where it's so easy to sort of crawl back in um, to that little shell. And mm-hmm. there are really simple tips to kind of help you get out of that. And, you know, one of them is, you know, know who you're walking into the room with. I mm-hmm. think it's really important that when you're setting meetings with different types of personalities, you find out as much as you can about that person absolutely every single time because it's crucial to know. You know, and there's ways to do that by, you know, looking at their social media if they have it. I don't care what websites they're connected to. Google is going to be your biggest mm-hmm. asset. That's where I always start. And then once I sort of sort out what I think is going on with that person and who they are and where they come from, are they married? Are they single? Have they been divorced? Do they have three kids? No kids? Um, what's important to them? They have animals. Like it's, there's all sorts of things, little stupid things that you can look up and research to kind of figure out who they are. And then once you have that, you walk into the room and then you have to really assess what your, your, you know, breakdown online was of them and what your actual experiences of them in person. And then there's simple questions that you ask. And you, you know, I think the first five minutes of any meeting is you want to hear them talk before you start pitching before you start presenting, because you have to figure out what personality type you're dealing with. Are you dealing with a creative? Are you dealing with a dominant personality? Are you dealing with someone that's all over the place? Um, You have to hone in on what personality type you're dealing with. So then you can kind of apply because there's different skill sets with each personality. When you have an ego and a domineering personality, then you kind of have to take a back seat. You have to let them do most of the talking. You have to find the right times to get your point across. Mm. Um, you know, in those types of meetings, you're often going to be like caught off guard because they're going to dominate the conversation. You know, you have to find moments where you can slip in. Things like humor are a huge thing. You know, a lot of times I found being in powerful rooms with men, um, where they're completely dominating the conversation. A way for me to find a way in is with humor. Mm. And there's different kinds of humor that, that work. And not everybody feels like a funny person. And you don't necessarily have to date me, but there are different types of humor that you can use to deflect, um, to you know insert in an uncomfortable moment. Or if you don't know the answer to a question that is being asked of you and you're being put on the spot, like perfect time for humor. It kind of throws people off. And then all of a sudden it brings everybody back down to the same level. And I think that's really important when you want to impress upon someone that you're meeting with, that you're their equal on whatever level you're trying to connect on. And it really is about connecting and their humor connects everybody. It's Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, it, it doesn't have boundaries. It's not about your economic stature. It's not about, you know, where you're, where you come from. It's like, it goes, it's across the board and that's what connects people. So I use that as well. 
Mm, I love that. I literally thank God that I somewhat feel funny because I use it. <laughs> like le- I literally lean on it. I'm like, well, shit, if I don't know this answer, how about let's make a joke or just tell them authentically. Right. I don't, I don't know. It really kind of gives, it puts the power back in your court and it gives you the ability to shift the conversation. Is it manipulative? Yes. But who gives a shit? I mean, if you're being asked a question that you don't have the answer to, and you're up for a job promotion against five other people, are you going to sit there and go, well, let me get back to you with that answer to that question in a later email? No. Shift the conversation, put the power back in your position, and then recalibrate the direction that you want it to go. It's about sort of, you know, being in the in, in pole position. So Tracy, do you feel, do you still get the feeling, even when you're you know, if you've had years of working with this type of personality, do you still get the feeling internally like that, um, you know, like twisting guts or nerves? Do you still feel it? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, there's always something new to learn and there's always going to be really interesting people. And just when you think you know it all, that's when God's like, oh, let me smack you back down to reality and remind you that you don't know everything. Um, I'm just sharing, you know, what my experience has been in in the business and in my life up until now. There is a mm-hmm. lot more that I have to learn, but I do think that, you know, sharing like what I can and what I have experienced and what I know to be true to me. And I, you know, because I clearly have a, a pretty big personality for a female, you know, in real estate enough to where I'm, I'm standing next to four other guys on the same show. And that says something. So I think it's important for, you know, women to kind of connect on that level and, you know, find a commonality between us all and support each other so that we can all sort of, you know, be like, I want people in all these rooms to walk out and just see these, like, like a young 25 year old girl have the same level of confidence that I have walking into that same boardroom. Like, Mm. I think that's important. And I want women to kind of get that. So what do you think that 25 year old girl, or honestly, you know, it's, it, it's every, every person who has any struggle with fear and confidence, what should they be asking themselves? Like what questions should they be asking? Um, you know, I think a big piece of, you know, being 25 is that you don't necessarily, you're not where I am at this, Mm -hmm. at that, this point where you really kind of know a lot of who you are. Um, you know, obviously I've, I've been married, I've been divorced. I've lived more life than the typical 25 year old, but, um, I think it's self-awareness and I think it's knowing your weaknesses and knowing your strengths and being able to talk about those because mm-hmm. there's nothing more powerful than, a, uh, a, someone sitting across from you and saying, you know what, that's not my strong suit where I bring value is here. But I mm-hmm. think the smartest thing to do is to bring in so-and-so to add value from with what you're talking about because and and then all of a sudden you're you're even though you're telling the person sitting across from you that you don't know how to do that you're also giving them a solution mm-hmm. so they're if they're not left you know thinking what how did i end up here this person doesn't know what they're talking about you you you've solved the question and you've answered it it's just not, not everyone is going to have all those skill sets. You're not going to be an extrovert like me. You might be an introvert. Well, then you better find mm-hmm. that partner that is going to be, you know, the extrovert. Like, for example, I, in my business, had to expand and I found a partner, Gina Dickerson, who I brought onto the team to basically manage. She is Columbia grad, back, you know, degree in finance. Like, she's a master in terms of like, running a business in finances. And she took one look at my business and was like, you are just a mess. And it's like, <laughs> that's just not what I'm good at, but I'm good enough to know that I'm not good at it. And right. so it's about, I think for those young girls, like figure out what you innately are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. If you are the extrovert that's funny and out there and dynamic in a social situation, but maybe not so good at like the day-to-day, then figure out a way to you know, have someone, you know, with you or on your team or an assistant that actually has that skill set. There's no point in hiring someone or working with someone that brings to the table what you do. That just creates a competitive nature within your, you know, unit that you don't need. Mm. So what do you say to yourself um, when you are taking that, whatever that is, that meeting, that leap, um, you know, asking 
asking something that you need from somebody where you don't quite feel ready or smart enough, like that transition in your head where you, you're afraid, you don't feel like you're good enough. Maybe it was when you, and, and maybe you didn't feel this way at all, but when you were the first woman walking on to the show, like yeah. not feeling ready yet, but what are you saying to yourself in your head in order to support yourself through that? Well, I think a really important piece of what you just asked is what your level of experience is. Mm. Oftentimes, you know, if, if you're new to a business and you're walking, but you have the connection to walk in and potentially get this job or promotion or a listing in my case, um, but you don't have the experience under your belt, mm. then you better bring someone that adds that piece because you're going to be competing against other people. Now, if you don't have the ability to bring someone that adds that piece, then you better know what that weakness is. And again, Mm. that goes back to self-awareness. And then once you get in the room, know the personality that you're sitting across from, you know what your weakness is. If you're sitting across from the egomaniac, then you need to bring whatever it is that you have to offer to the table and you need to, you know, appeal to their ego. And so Mm. I've done that quite a bit, you know, how I landed a huge portfolio in Malibu. I, the guy thought he was, you know, just a, a incredible architectural talent, a genius in real estate. And, you know, I came prepared with 10 people sitting next to me. His pitch was he was completely driven by his own ego mm-hmm. and he just wanted to be pet. And that was it. It was so simple. All I had to do was stroke that ego mm. and, you know, no matter how prepared I was, I came with an international, my international liaison from Fluin from London. I mean, I pulled out all the stops for this pitch. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure any of it was necessary. I think he liked mm. the fact that I, you know, called in all these people because he felt like a big shot that, you know, all these people were coming in to, to sit in and, and, look at him, but it really just came down to me stroking his ego and telling him how fantastic of a talent I thought he was. Oh man, you're just reminding me of so many times when it's like, you can be so attached to doing a pitch a certain way or talking to someone a certain way and preparing for one thing. But if you don't pivot and let go and assess what's happening, like you're going to destroy whatever it is that you're doing. Oh my God. Being able to pivot is is a huge piece. Like that's why I don't have a listing pitch. If, if mm-hmm. and, you know, I've had Douglas Sullivan be like, would you do like a listing pitch with, you know, some of the brokers in the office? And I was like, I, I don't have one. It's different every single time. So mm-hmm. you have to be able to walk into the room and pivot. And if, and that takes experience yeah. and that takes time and you're going to fall on your face. But my biggest advice to like those young people who know that they're maybe going up against the more experienced senior executive or whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. industry they're in, you know, what they bring and what's, what is the difference between someone young and new and fresh and someone that's a senior and been in the business 20 years? Well, you're going to be bigger, more of a hustler. You're their only client. You're the person that you're, they're the top of your list. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's what a lot of people are looking for. So you have to use to your advantage what you have. Oh my God. I literally, it's so funny. Sometimes with this, this podcast, it's like exactly what I need at the exact time. I'm totally doing a pivot right now. And I'm finding myself in that new situation again, where I'm, I'm up against these people, not up against with these people that are, you know, I, I feel like they know everything and I know nothing like I'm in that position. So it's very much, I'm I'll be, I'll be getting your book. Um, (laughs) You know, when you're in rooms, like with what you were just saying, when you're Mm -hmm. in a room with with people that are far more experienced than you. And if for me, like maybe seen more than, you know, two downturns in real estate and watch the economy flip up and down and the real estate market go, you know, Richter, mm-hmm. those people you can really, really learn a lot from. And then, you know, believe it or not, I also think that they can learn quite a bit from you. I think fresh mm-hmm. I think there, and there's something really valuable about that. And I don't think that like young people or even women pivoting it, you know, because they got a divorce, they want to get back into the work. There's something really valuable about someone who hasn't been doing, you have a fresh perspective. Mm. You have, you've been out of the workforce for a long time and you're coming back in. And I think those opinions are just as valuable as someone who's been doing it for a long time. And if you say Mm. it with confidence, 
And, you know, you, you know, you do take some of the simple little tips, you know, like the way that you hold yourself in a, in a meeting like that, when you're surrounded by sharks or, you know, mm-hmm. people that have far more experience and, and a level of confidence than you have, then, you know, you know, how you sit, your posture, the way you look at someone fidgeting in your chair, talking with your hands, like everything has to be poignant. You know, you have to be um, unlike myself, who likes to babble a lot, you, you really, in those types of meetings, have to be very clear on what your objective is mm-hmm. and, and say it. Because mm-hmm. it can be incredibly valuable to even a senior executive. They might not see things the way that you do. Mm. Yes. Oh my God. So valuable. So how do, you, how do you prepare yourself for a meeting knowing that everything that you... M- are preparing could potentially get thrown out the window. Like how do you, I guess my question is how do you prepare yourself to potentially know it may not go as planned or go well? Like what are, what are some of the things that you say to yourself? If you know, it could maybe not, it, it could go bad. Listen, I've turned down listings. Mm-hmm. I've told people not to buy certain properties. Sometimes you have to be authentic to whatever the experience is. If you're in a pitch and you don't like the direction that it's going or your authentic self isn't connecting with the person that's sitting across from you, sometimes it's better to say, like, you have to trust your instincts, okay? Mm -hmm. And I think instinct is a huge piece of like what women naturally have better than men. So anytime you walk into a room with a bunch of powerful dudes, just know that most of the time your instinct is going to be better. And if you trust it and you go with it, you might actually end up coming out on top, even in those times where everything kind of goes to hell in a handbasket and you have, you know, you think you're going to lose it. And, you know, there's something very powerful in walking away from certain Mm. things that aren't serving. And I think as women, a lot of times, you know, it's like, oh, and I can't let that go or... I'm not that listing. I'm not going to be able to hold on to anymore, or I'm going to get fired or, and you know, that's happened to me in, in so many cases. And, you know, you have to weigh, you know, is the reward worth the trauma that I'm experiencing? Because mm-hmm. it oftentimes isn't. And, you know, I can't tell you probably the biggest mistake I've made in my career for many, 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 many years is not weighing my mental health and my mm. emotional health against whatever that potential check is at the end of the line. And I think that's a balance for a lot of successful people. Like at this point in my career, I don't want to work 18 hours a day and grind, grind, grind real estate to make that extra $2 million a year so that I don't mm. get a chance to enjoy it. So I'm certainly not going to take shit from you and sit across from somebody that you know, I don't care how big this paycheck is. This isn't working for me. Mm. And so I'm going to walk away. And believe me, more often than not, they come back. Mm. Those are the types of people Mm -hmm. that are like fascinated. Like, how does that gigantic ego get turned down? And then they're so like blown away that someone walked away from them. (laughs) They can't let it go. Mm. And they'll sometimes, you know, come back. And then, then the ball's in your court and you have the power. Hmm. So good. Um, so tell me about, you know, I, sometimes I'll watch the show and I think, because it's just, it's, it, it's so much like everybody's uh, career. And especially if you're an entrepreneur, like you're so connected to your phone and your business is on your phone and everything is on your phone and it just never, ever stops. Like, and I know it, this is true for just about everybody right now, especially if you're an entrepreneur in a business like yours, how do you turn your brain off. Because especially as a a woman, I feel like I've watched my husband turn his brain off much easier than me. But it's almost like we think about things all the time or we're planning ahead or we're we're going down the checklist or whatever that is. We're planning all of the things, right? On top of feeling potential fear for a lot of different things. So how do you manage that? Do you take time to shut it down? What are your thoughts around like if you feel something big coming up and you're anxious around it? Truth? (laughs) <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I use alcohol. No. Um, <laughs> listen, I mean, 
at the end of the day, like we all wind down in different ways and we all need to take a break in different ways. And whatever works for you works for you. For me, like I have to work out in the morning and I have to like expend energy in that way. And it's really good for my mental state. Um, it, it, you know, input like serotonin is pumping. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's a great way to sort of start off on the right foot. And then I find that when I don't do it and it all goes south, um, I always can look back at that day and I'm like, oh, I hadn't worked out in a couple of days. Like I just, I just wasn't on my game. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's just, that's part of life and part of reality. I do that. And then usually at the end of the day, I pour myself, you know, maybe a glass of wine or, um, depending on how bad the day was, sometimes a tequila. <laughs> or wine and tequila together. <laughs> it's a wine with a tequila shot. So what do you think is the, first of all, what does it mean to you to feel confident? Perfection is what comes to mind for me. I think understanding that there isn't any version of perfect that you mm. see yourself and other people that they see. So we all have our own imperfections. We all are imperfect. And I think embracing that is a huge piece of where I am now, where I very much was not 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I want, I'm going to, right now I want to be my best self and I know what makes me feel good. And I know how to be good to myself so that I can continue to do what I do. But I think the most important thing is embracing the fact that I am imperfect. And like, you know, even now, like this is so stupid, but you know, I'm posting a lot of workout videos because I'm in quarantine and I can't, I'm working out a lot. So it's, it's right. been great for me. And I, I'm like seeing awesome results that feels good. But in the same token, people attribute like what they see on social media or seeing me post, they're like, what is she eating? Well, Tracy, tell us about your diet. And I, I respond like, I worked out so that I could eat the cheeseburger that I'm going mm -hmm. to eat tonight at five o'clock. And I'm okay with that. If I wake up feeling like I have a gut, then I wake up feeling like I, I'm just, and that's a very simple, um, shallow, you know, point mm -hmm. to make, but it, it really is true. I think that you have to feel comfortable in your own skin. And in order to do that, you have to accept what you think are imperfections in yourself. Mm. Did you have a moment where that happened? Like, was there, what was a part of you that you weren't, wanting to show or that you were really struggling with? And how did you work through that? Um, you know, I think that oftentimes I can't, I, I do a lot. Okay. Like between the show and a full-time business and raising two girls on my own and trying to have somewhat of a, of a, you know, a personal life, I get stretched a little bit thin sometimes. And that's something mm -hmm. that uh, I, I lose my grip on what needs to happen and what's most important. And I, I do get caught up in work and, and sometimes that pulls away from my kids and, and that's hard for me to deal with. Like when I see them struggling or, you know, and I've been working on this a lot lately, but certainly when I joined the show, I was, um, I was stretched further than I think I was capable of. And it mm. took a lot of adjusting for me to kind of figure out that, what that meant. Mm. And unfortunately, I think my kids kind of suffered a little bit from that because I was um, self-obsessed. You know, I wanted to get it right. I, I, I had all this pressure to be, you know, the only female on the show. And so I didn't want to be too much of a badass and I wanted to be vulnerable. I was so caught up in like mm. showing myself fully that I wasn't even living it. I was just, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And um, that's something that, you know, I think I'm not proud of. Mm. I can only imagine the, 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 the pressure though of knowing, number one, that they are able to edit however. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that all of a sudden the show comes out and you're edited, but also trying to be yourself and work through all the different things that come with it. It must feel like a massive, um, and maybe you share in your book, but just... It must be have been such massive, fast, expansive growth to kind of watch yourself and see and feel how you're feeling. Yeah, I think, you know, that leap for me in doing the show, like I said, was kind of a tough decision. But, you know, when I look back at that first year and, and to where I was this last season, even just 
you know, shooting and doing interviews and being vulnerable and just being honest, uh, I've just gotten a lot more comfortable with it. And it's so refreshing and it feels Mm -hmm. so good because when you're unapologetic and you do it on camera Mm. and, um, you're able to put your head on the pillow at night and Mm -hmm. sleep soundly. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to me. And, you know, I think also, you know, the girls, my daughters being a really huge part of my life, I think it was important for them to see me struggle with that Mm. and figure out how to manage it all. I was very honest with them through the entire process, you know, and this was something that mommy wanted to do. And this wasn't something that daddy wanted mommy to do, but it's... I'm going to do what feels right for me. And I'm so glad that I did that. And, you know, now I have these two girls, these young women, you know, my, my eldest is almost, you know, going to be 15 in January. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's like a little badass female mm-hmm. in the making. And she respects the fact that I work really hard. And, you know, that's it's like, it's all sort of comes together when you are living your truth, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So for all the, all the moms out there, and, and I'm sure this can apply to us as well, what are some things that you're doing to kind of help them move through those fearful, scary parts of life? Like, how are you having them reframe it and um, you know, move forward so that they are taking action and they're facing those fears and challenges? A couple of things. One, I'm not a big helicopter parent. Um, I think that these kids have enough pressure and these girls have enough pressure on themselves, you know, going to school in today's world with the access that they have on social media and also just in general, um, in life, you know, um, I grew up very differently from that, but because of that, and because they're exposed to so much more, I am brutally honest with my kids. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it makes my friends uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but I'm not parenting with 48 other people. I'm parenting the way that I'm going to parent my kids so that their relationship with me is good. Mm -hmm. And it might not resonate with everybody. You got to do what's right for you. But for me, being brutally honest with my girls um, about everything in my life, um, you know, from my dating life to how I think uh, they're doing in school to taking accountability for their own educations to um, taking care of themselves and, and being healthy. I'm just, I'm just, I talk to my two teenage girls like I talk to a good girlfriend. Mm. A little bit of a get your ass to bed, it's 1030. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. So do you have right now, like, is there something that you're personally working through at this moment that, um, because I know that, you know, we can typically tell what people are working on, whether it's what they write the book about or what they're talking about or what they're super passionate about sharing about. And for you with fear being the topic of your book, do you have certain things that are in the back of your head that you feel like you're always dealing with that's, that's fearful, like something you're working through right now? I think I'm consistently working through pushing through these little, um, bouts with fear. Mm -hmm. I, I believe like, be, I don't believe in being stifled. I think that's like settling for mediocrity. And I don't want to be mediocre. I want to be great. And in order to be great, you know, you have to keep pushing yourself and into areas that make you more and more uncomfortable. Like, you know, if I wake up and I have a dream about something that, you know, I, I think like applies to my career or my children, I, I like explore that. And mm-hmm. You know, writing this book, for example, was a, a, a big fear. You know, I was terrified of sort of having to talk about my personal life. I was mm-hmm. terrified of telling stories in the right way. I was scared that my my voice in black and white, not with my face attached to it, being able to, you know, talk to people and connect with people through that was not going to work. And mm-hmm. I'm still scared. I'm, honestly, I'm scared to death that it's not going to connect. <laughs> but if I'm not embracing that, that fear and then pushing through it, then I'm just, I'm just, I'm surviving. And I don't want to survive. I want to like, I want to keep going. I want to keep trying new and different things and I'm going to fail at some of them, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I ask every author this because I, the, the book journey was like, 
probably one of the most enlightening journeys of my entire life. And while it was, ex- sometimes it's like excruciating, right? Like the things you have to sit in, like the uncertainty yeah. or the, were you doing like something biographical, but was it your story? Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. It's it's about like friend friendships and reaching your highest potential and just but I shared things about that I hadn't even ever shared with my parents because I came from a really restrictive religion so I like having to put those things out into the world for the first time it is like it's literally like going okay um okay so for the next month you're gonna take off all your clothes and walk down this very yeah. like, <laughs> You're going to walk down this very populated street and you're going to feel confident and you're going to, you need to feel great about yourself. Trust me, you know, oh my God, same. And, you know, even with this book, even though it's a little more business driven and tip oriented and there's stories of my life that go along with it, like, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end, I'm like, I'd like to thank all the people I talk shit about in this book. (laughs) But changed your name. I mean, listen, I'm not sure I have the balls yet to write. That's my next, you know, push. Yeah. But I, I'd like to have the balls to actually write a little bit more about like my personal life growing up and whatever, but I'm just not there yet. See, there's always something else out yeah. there you just strive for. We're never, you're never just there. You know, it's so cool because I, I already just from how you're talking, like being vulnerable creates this like sense of freedom because there's nothing that you have to, you, you don't have to totally. worry because you're already putting it out there. So I think that's going to be your next level where you're going to be like, screw it. I'm just going to put it on. I think that's what starts to happen to women yeah. in their 40s. And probably like Oprah's probably like, bitch, 60. <laughs> I do feel like you start to get to that place where you're like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care. You start to let go of friendships that aren't serving you. Mm-hmm. You start to kind of really hone in on like, this is like, this is what's really important to me. This is, and I talk about this a lot too in the book about what, like the people that you want to have surrounding you and mm-hmm. advising you. I'm not a big fan of going to 20 or 30 people. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of going to certain people for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have a business question, I have a couple of people that I confide in about business and that is it. If mm-hmm. I have a question about my personal life, there's like, you know, a handful of women and a couple of gay men that mm-hmm. I, you know, go to and trust implicitly because they know me and they want the best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, like it, it really has to come from within. Mm-hmm. What has been your biggest, like, have you had a big aha moment, a big takeaway, like your growth moment from let's do from writing the book and from being on the show? You know, I think something that I've learned from doing the show specifically, and definitely the book played into this too, but really just taking that leap of faith and doing the show is I sat, you know, in my earlier days, like I said, I was offered a few different opportunities that I shied away from for a variety of reasons, which again, you'll peek into in the book, but um, I shied away from a lot of stuff and I sat on the fence and weighed my options constantly. And if I've learned anything from the show, it was, you know, stop sitting on the fence. Don't spend your life. You're going to get fucking splinters in your ass. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, even as it related to my marriage, it was like, you know, we knew we were in a place where it wasn't really working anymore. And it Mm. took a lot of years of sitting on the fence and weighing our options and whatever, but neither of us were being authentic to ourselves. And the truth is no matter how much love and history we had together, it was time. Mm. And when I finally made that decision and took that leap of faith and like, you know, we're like, this, this is what it is. I mean, it was the most freeing Mm. thing in the world and it had everything you know, I think taking the show was a big piece of that. I felt like I was standing on my own two feet mm. and making a decision that I felt was right for me and stopped second guessing myself. And that was mm. so empowering. It was, it changed everything for me. Mm, that's so powerful. It's those moments, especially attached to that phrase. Like there are those moments where you just realize that that's going to be like a life mantra moving forward. When you find yourself in that position of indecision, I have this great quote. It, it's like indecision is still a decision. You're still making a decision to be in the middle. And you're like, get off it. Like stop sitting on the fence. That's so powerful. That just actually. Yeah. And you know, and someone always asks me like, when did you, when did you know? Like in like people always ask me, not is it related to my marriage, but just in business and life and just stuff in general. And it was like, you don't, 
you take the leap of faith. And then only when you're on the other side of it and your feet are planted firmly on the ground and not on the fence, then you're like, oh, shit, I could have made that. That I feel so much better. I, I feel mm. planted. I feel like honest and true to myself. And you're, that's where your instinct is always going to guide you. Like the, mm. if we totally just shut out all the noise and we truly listen to like where we're at, then it's going to be a lot easier to, you know, get off the fence, make the decisions oh. in your life that are good for you. Oh my God. I want, I want to just point out what you just, what you said. So in case people really missed what you just said, that was so crazy powerful. Um, so as, as far as like, I, I get a lot of questions as when will I know it's right? And I've asked that question in my life. When will I know it's right to make this move? When will I know it's right to take that leap? When will I know it's right to start that business? And a lot of times we think that our intuition is going to guide us to like this like aha sign or this moment, but you literally just said how it's always worked for me and how I know it now works in life in general. And it's your intuition is just going to guide you to make you know you need to take some sort of leap. And then the leap is going to be the thing that guides you next. But it's never like, yes, it's your intuition and here's the next step you should take. It's like, just do something different or take the leap. Like... You're not going to know, but it is going to guide you to tell you to move and you're going to, you're going to feel that feeling. And sometimes, you know, you might make the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. And, and if you do, then you're going to learn something incredibly valuable from that. Um, Mm -hmm. so I just, I just, it's, it's indecisiveness and, and not embracing your, your, your gut that is just paralyzing for so many women. And I think that's what I'm so passionate about like going for it and just honoring like that. Like, I know it's fucking scary mm-hmm. and I know you don't know what the other side holds, but if you don't go there, you're never going to know. Mm-hmm. And you're going to sit miserable, not knowing if you had what it takes or if you should have gotten divorced or if you should have had that third child or gone for that promotion because you sat there like a wimp letting the fear sort of control you. And that to me is like a waste of like, life and Mm. particularly being in in my age right now, like hell no, I don't have Mm. like one hour to waste. I want Mm. it all to be like worth and for something. Mm. So tell me about what your relationship with fear is like right now. I'm having a really good time. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I will tell you like, you know, like this book is, was terrifying, is terrifying and it's coming out soon. And it could be a total fucking flop. And that is very real. And that's terrifying for me. But I also like talking about it right now. I get really excited mm-hmm. because I get excited about not giving a shit. And I like, mm-hmm. I almost build myself up and I'm like, you know what? She's right. And <laughs> <laughs> kind of like live in that space for a minute because sometimes you get so worried like, oh, is I'm in the middle of a pandemic. How am I going to sell books or mm-hmm. what? You know, like I have the card stacked against me and it's like, you know what? It is what it's going to be, and I'm just going to go for it. And mm-hmm. and you know, I think doing all these podcasts and talking about it really, my relationship with it is becoming so much better. Mm-hmm. And again, if it doesn't do well, fuck it, I'll mm-hmm. move on. <laughs> and if it does, like, awesome. Mm. And girl, you wrote a book. Like that is I... something very few people in the world do. And if anything, it teaches you so much about yourself. It is, it, you, you know that it's like. 100%. It's, it's 100%. It's so it, was, it was a great experience. I do it again. Um, it is really, really a, a, a walk through uh, your life and just sort of like tapping into things that you've shut out for a long time. And, and all of that just comes flooding back. And I think that's what, you know, I hope has gone into the book a little bit. Mm, I love that. So if there's, it, what is something, so I'm going to have you complete this sentence for me. If we really knew you, we would know that you, what? Are incredibly sensitive. Mm, I yeah. would have never guessed that ever. So how do you, how do you, so if you're sensitive and you're so confident and you are able to do all the things, like there must be something in your head that you say to yourself that's like very, like, do you have a lot of grace for yourself? Do you pray? Like, what do you do to find inner peace faster? I think I just have grit. I mm. don't, I don't, I think from having grit and from living 
been through different failures and successes in my life and, you know, not having the perfect childhood, um, but also like owning my adulthood, you know, just everything that I've gone through has, has sort of led me to this place. And so no matter how out of control it gets or how uncomfortable it becomes, I take like almost pride, I think, in in having that. And, you know, the, the absolute loss of control maybe is what brings me back to like that comfort level of having peace. Because, you know, only when you lose control, do you realize that you have the ability to get it back, you know? And then, and if you're constantly holding you know, onto everything so tightly and you're so wound up that you don't have the ability to let it go and, and screw up and fail like at a, you know, hundred mm-hmm. percent, then you just don't know really what it's like to win. And that I think brings me to that place where I feel that confidence and that sense of peace. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I don't know if that yes. makes sense. Cause it really, I mean, so many people look at things differently and I always feel like when I'm listening to you know, different podcasts or reading a book and, you know, everybody's so eloquent and centered mm-hmm. and yogi and, you know, meditating. And it's like, none of that really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And maybe it will, maybe that's like my sixties or fifties moment. I don't know. <laughs> not right now. And that's yeah. not, it's not where I come from. And I have to believe that like, I'm not the only one out there that you know, I know people are trying to find their center and find their way and find their faith. I think that's so important to point out because everybody, there was a time when I was really getting into personal development that I was like, wait, what's wrong with me that this doesn't resonate? Or is there something wrong? Sometimes that can be just another thing to think that's wrong with you. When you, if you just see what works for you and you really get comfortable with that, that's a whole other level that you get to tap into. Yeah. And trust me, I did. I judged myself about that a lot because I was like, you know, this, you know, this whole, you know, wellness, uh, you know, this movement mm-hmm. of, of wellness and empowerment within oneself and all of, all of that. So it's all wonderful. I just, I'm getting all of that. I think just, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not enlightened by the ways that certain people are like, to me, that has, shown itself differently. And I think it's been through just living experiences as honestly as I can. That's it. I just, I have to be honest about it and hopefully it works. Oh my God. A million percent. I mean, the same, the, the same way that a, you know, someone who jumps out of a helicopter and goes skiing, like is getting just as enlightened as some people on yoga mats. So I think there's different, there's different ways that we're all being spoken to and thank God, right. Or (laughs) the world would not be going very well, but Tracy, I am so freaking excited about your book. Um, I, I would love to know where we can get it. I'm sure all bookstores, Amazon, Yes. Yeah, so it's available for pre-order now um, okay. on Amazon, Penguin Random House, and I think all the other like obvious like big bookstores. Um, and it will be out um, in the stores on July 14th. Hopefully we'll be out of quarantine at that mm-hmm. point. But if we are not, you guys can all order it online and it'll be shipped to you on the 14th of July. Amazing. So what I'm going to do is what I always do for um, other like amazing authors that I love and I love you. So we're going to do a book giveaway. So I'm going to purchase 10 of your books. And what the girls are going to do is if you guys would tag Tracy and tag myself and say what your biggest takeaway was from this podcast. So tag her, tag myself and tell us what your biggest takeaway was from the podcast. I will then share your story and I'll be picking 10 to send a book to so that you will be able to read all about fear because it's our hottest topic on this podcast. Oh, it really is you. always taking a leap. So thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm so excited for your journey. I will be following it. So congratulations. And you guys, if you loved this podcast, that is, you guys know that that I believe that that is the biggest gift that you can give back to a guest is to let them know how they have impacted your life. So make sure you let her know. And also, if you have a friend that's struggling with fear, um, make sure you either grab her book or text this episode to them right now. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. 
Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, all I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, Not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody going to be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number? For real. My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back 
And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. 